Good morning to all of those draftniks out there. I'm saying good morning because it is about quarter to 12, which means in about an hour and 15 minutes, day three, rounds four through seven, will be starting for the NBA draft. We're going to do a quick rundown. How each team's doing, where else they could be looking. We got a lot to cover, so let's get into this. And as always, we want to keep this in under half hour. We want to make this short, condensed. Keep your attention. We're going to go division by division, AFC East. We're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo, they first get on the clock at number 54 in round two. No first round pick, but remember, it's a pick for Stephon Diggs. They gave it up for, for Diggs. I think that will work. It was kind of a heavy price. But we have talked before, John Brown, not a true number one. Cole Beasley, best as a number three receiver. Get someone else in there. I think that works. I still think you're going to see the Bills potentially take another target. But you can't argue with A.J. Epinesa falling to you in round two. What value. Great job. Zach Moss, round three. Round three. Zach Moss, exactly where our last mock had it. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. How about that? Sometimes it seems like we know what we're talking about. Um, overall, not only two picks those thus far, but it seems like Buffalo has done a pretty good job without making any deals, just kind of sitting back and letting the draft come to them, not overthinking it. We go to the Miami Dolphins. Of course, they have so many picks. We talked about uh, Tua, Austin Jackson, Noah Bignogliani. I know I probably butchered that name. Round one. Robert Hunt, round two. What an interesting player. So much was made about how much of a mauler he is. A tackle at Louisiana. I think he's going to get kicked inside. But, you know, the Dolphins have the luxury with needs of both places to kind of bring him into camp, see what works. Raekwon Davis, round two. Perfect. We've had him to the Dolphins on multiple occasions. Don't know if the final we had him there. Brandon Jones, safety to Texas. Glad to see that he went day two. We were one of the ten. We, we, we had him between the third and fourth round, but it uh, didn't seem like a lot of people were really giving him love. So I'm glad uh, that Brandon Jones was able to land in the third round. Again, we, we talked about the Dolphins possibly taking Xavier McKinney, so we know that there was a need at safety. Good for them. New England Patriots, they haven't taken that quarterback yet. And, of course, they did trade back. They eventually go with Kyle Duggar, Lenore Ryan, who we had as da -da -da -da, top non-Division One prospect, and there he is. Josh Uchey, Anthony Jennings, round two and round three, both edge rushers who have the ability to play on the end or along the edge, and then other round three picks at 91 and 101, they double up on the tight end position. Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene. I wouldn't say I'm keen, pardon the pun, on either pick but do like the position. It's been a typical type of uh, Patriot draft. Look for James Morgan. We have called for the fact that the quarterback out of Florida International is that middling quarterback that we like best. Him in a Patriot uniform just makes sense. Although, again, we've said Jared Stidham is a, uh, is a quarterback that they seem to like, and, and we talked so much how highly it was they got him where they got him last year. So maybe this works out. New York Jets. Uh, you know, after Becton, they get Denzel Mims at 
pick number 59 in round two. What what value? Wow. Gotta love that. Ashton Davis, Jabari Zuniga. Team got really fast. Um, like the positions, still think they're going to address the line a little bit more. Maybe see a tight end in here. I wouldn't say the Jets have necessarily knocked it out of the park, but they've done a pretty good job thus far. Can't uh, can't really say anything bad about the Jets up to this point. We go to the FC North. How about them Baltimore Ravens? Wow. They could be winning the draft right now. I, it's just amazing. This team does a good job not only just picking needs, but then making areas stronger. Patrick Queen, we talked about what a great pick he was. J.K. Dobbins at 55? Really? I mean, Mark Ingram's probably there this year, but beyond that, do we really know? Justice Hill was a sleeper. Good pick to them late last year. Gus Edwards might be the person out. Of course, you got Lamar Jackson running the whole show. They need a, a few more targets. They get one in Devin DuVernay in round three. Justin Matabuike. I mean, they're just getting some versatile, versatile players. Malik Harrison, not quite sure about them doubling up. I would assume they want him to play outside. And uh, Tyree Phillips from Mississippi State seems to be kind of a luxury pick there. As long as they don't pick anyone that we just absolutely don't like or is we feel is not going to fit the system at all. This is a big, giant home run. They have done a fantastic job. Cincinnati Bengals, of course you get Joe Burrow. But then what about taking T. Higgins? So much was made about how he and T. Higgins were training together, throwing together. Did not know that. That shows Joe Burrow a lot. You're coming in as the top pick. You're not only be going to be financially rewarding this young man very handsomely, but to say, hey, we know that you've built kind of a rapport with uh, Higgins after the national championship was over. You were on the other side of the field. You know, you, you kind of had some chemistry here. Let, let's let's get him for you. And Logan Wilson thought it was a little early, but he seemed to be rising up the board. So I think I, I think he was a player they had to go get. So great, great job here. Just want to see some offensive line picks. Yes, they'll still get Jonah Williams, their first-round pick from last year, who did not play a snap but still think that there's so much so much of a need here along the offensive line. As long as the offensive line, and maybe a, a stud defensive tackle is not ignored, high marks for the Bengals. They've, they've done a very good job. Cleveland Browns. Uh, we've talked about the, the fact that offensive line was the biggest need. They had addressed that with Josh, uh, with uh, Conklin, in free agency. They already got Wills, but how about Grant Delpit going to the LSU bucket once again after taking Greedy Williams last year and going back in round three for Jacob Phillips? We talked about the fact that the offensive line and linebacker linebacker were their two areas where they really, really had to concentrate. And they get Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. Again, didn't absolutely slay it, but good, good picks. Delpit at 44 could, could really be a sleeper. Really like all the young talent that they seem to have assembled. And that last team that we're going to talk about in the AFC North, how about the Pittsburgh football Steelers? Boy, only two picks. But you got to give them really, really high picks for this draft. One, the Kings ransom they gave up for Minka Fitzpatrick, but boy, did that pay off. Minka Fitzpatrick, to me, was probably number three or four in the voting for NFL Defensive Player of the Year last year. What a difference he made to that Pittsburgh team. You get Chase Claypool. 
49 overall. Not the biggest fan, but he's come a long way in such a short period of time. Body is there. I mean, big target at close to 240 pounds can run. I'm not quite as sold on him, but I do like the fact that there's a need there. Alex Highsmith. Good to see him go off the board in, in day two. Thought he was going to be more of a fourth or fifth round pick, but again, Pittsburgh must have known some teams were talking about him. True pass rusher. Gee, a guy can come along the edge. When have the Steelers ever uh, invested in a player like that? Got to give them high marks. One of the best teams with only two picks. I, I think they've uh, shown themselves quite well. Uh, we go to the Houston Texans. So much had been made about the offseason and what in the world they were doing without DeAndre Hopkins trade. Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Grenard. Love Blacklock. Don't think he's necessarily the best fit, but the fact that he fell to number 40, tremendous value. We thought he was a player that could sneak into the first round. What I don't like is they have yet to address the secondary. Now, of course, they did need to address the pass rush. And there is a there's a direct correlation. The more pressure you get on the quarterback, the less, how do I want to say this? I'd say the less glaring need or gaping holes appear in the secondary. They're not going to go away completely. You're not going to get to the quarterback every time. It's good that they've addressed the, the defensive line. And I like Blacklock at 40. Again, that's tremendous value. But they've got to address the cornerback. And the fact that they're not going to pick again to 111 and then 171. I think that they may have missed a choice or a chance to really address that, uh, the, the defensive secondary. Still, Houston continues to boggle the mind. We're, we're, we're not 100% sure what's going on there. Tennessee. Now, Isaiah Wilson, day one. Yeah, we were a little eh, on that pick. Christian Fulton. Uh, number 61, corner out of LSU. Good value. Some questionable off-the-field things. That's probably about where, where we thought he was going to settle. He was being pushed down the board. Darrington Evans in round three. That's an interesting change of pace. That's a nice little thunder and lightning to go with Derrick Henry. I think there were some better people than, than Evans. If you look at the running backs per se. But if you were to say, hey, we're going to draft a compliment to Derrick Henry... Darrington Evans is the perfect type of back. Kudos to Tennessee. I think that is a pick that we're going to see pay off immediately. Well, well done. Indianapolis Colts, another team. I'd say along with Baltimore, they've probably won the AFC at this point. And again, you have to look at the fact that they don't have a first-round pick. But that was for DeForest Buckner. One of the most underrated players, not along the defensive line, but in the NFL in general. So you're getting an absolute stud along the defensive line who's really entering the prime of his career. We're not talking about an aging defender here. He's entering his prime. Michael Pittman, absolute monster at the wide receiver position. We had Mims here in our final mock. Same type of player, same build. I think Mims is the better receiver. Pittman, and we've said so much, such a great blocker. And you're going to see a lot of that spread-type offense running along the outside that Frank like Frank Reich likes to employ, especially what he did with Philadelphia. That's a perfect pick. Jonathan Taylor, probably the best pure runner. The ball security is a problem. Take care of it. 
Julian Blackman, round three, eh, wasn't as enamored. But again, safety, good spot. Uh, Indianapolis, as long as they spend, I'd say, the first part of day two, get, getting another guard, get another guard to, to put with Quinton Nelson, get another pass rusher, and I think you're going to be fine. But definitely like what they've done at the top of the draft. Can't say enough about what Indianapolis has accomplished thus far. Uh, that leaves the Jacksonville Jaguars in this division. Uh, Jaguars, of course, C.J. Henderson, we applaud that. Kalamon Chison, we're not as happy there. LaVesca Cheneau at 42. We had him going at 48 to the Jets. Like the fact that he is a jackknife. You can line him up in multiple positions. Really, it's going to be a, a question of health. Devon Hamilton, Ohio State. Eh. Don't think you're going to get a huge payday out of him. I would have liked a Raekwon Davis or a, a bigger defensive tackle slash end kind of Calais Campbell type. Hopefully they get that. They address that early in day two. Not bad, but I wouldn't say nothing to write home about to mom yet uh, as far as Jacksonville. So we're going to finish up the AFC with the West. All right, we're at a little over 13 minutes. Got to make sure we're keeping this under time. Clyde Edwards Hilaire again. Willie Gay, round two. That, that's a real chancy pick. Again, you're you're the Super Bowl champs. You're taking you gotta like you gotta like the window. There's a lot to like here as far as athletic talent, but lots of off-the-field issues. But we've seen Andy Reid deal with that in the past. Lucas Nyang, big tackle out of Texas Christian. I think Casey could have done a little more, but again, they're the champs. There, you can tell they are taking players that have high ceilings. There's really no day two. There were no certainties like, yep, that player's you're going to hit there. There, there's some question marks everywhere. So, not too bad. How about those Las Vegas Raiders? We were not as happy with uh, the day one performance, especially that Damon Arnett pick. We're like, what in the world is that? Uh, you got to look at Lynn Bowden. There's the jackknife. Really not. Uh, and they talk about oh, a dual threat person. Uh, did you watch him throw the ball at Kentucky? Because that was not a lot to behold. Uh, I think the values there, I think more of a return man. Brian Edwards, like a possession receiver there. Put him with Hunter Renfro. You got two very good young possession receivers. Tanner Muse, linebacker that's going to move to safety. Decent player, he'll stick on your roster. But is he a difference maker? No. I think a little, I don't think they're horrible picks, but I think they were kind of underachieved. I was expecting more out of Vegas. Maybe uh, the air's been deflated out of them because they have not uh, been in front of that big Vegas crowd because of the epidemic. We go to Denver. Michael Ajudamoa, the corner out of Iowa. At number 77, he's the first player off the board we didn't have getting drafted. We knew people were talking about him, but we thought he was going to slip into the undrafted free agent territory. Lloyd Cushenberry, love that pick. McTelvin Agum, I think uh, they've they've rebounded well. Didn't know about that uh, pick at 77, but do like the fact that uh, they've doubled up because you start the day with K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy. I mean, we talk a lot about C.D. Lamb and what that brings to the Cowboys and how scary that is. Yikes. We've got to go in here on uh, on in Denver is uh, nothing to sneeze at either. That is for sure. And the LA Chargers, last team to uh, take a look at here in the AFC. 
Uh, as far as the Chargers, you, you got to like the, the fact that they didn't do anything on day two. Kenneth Murray, though, that was worth it. That was worth moving up for. Fan of what they have done thus far. So we're going to go to the N NFC, and we're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. A little bit to talk about here, people. <laughs> Just a little bit. You thought the Jordan Love quarterback pick was something to the fan base? What do you think Eagle fans did, especially after getting Jalen Rager on day one, not Justin Jefferson, a player they really wanted? Listen, it makes sense to have a backup quarterback. I like Jalen Hurts and what he could bring, but a second-round pick, no. People keep saying, well, that's what uh, you've got. That's what you've got in, in Mangum over in uh, New Orleans. It's No, he was an undrafted free agent. The one way I think this works is if they get something out of him, they find some creative lineups for him, and then they're able to say, okay, we've coached him up. Next year, offer him for a first or second. Teams that miss out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Maybe get something out of him. We like that then. We go to Dallas. Trevon Diggs, round two. Bit of a reach, but like the area. Neville Gallimore thought they were going to go in another direction, but for the Cowboys to get him at 82... That makes it a little bit different because we thought he was going to go by the 40s or 50s. So at that point, it's very, very good value. You can't really say anything bad about it at that point. Brings us to the New York football giants. Uh, really here, Xavier McKinney, slam dunk. We had him there in the uh, the mock. Matt Peart out of Connecticut. That That's a project, but a safe project. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Good off the field things about him. He seems very easily coachable. Hopefully he's just not rushed into duty because it's the Giants and there always seems to be turmoil along the offensive line. Uh, Washington Redskins. Again, Chase Young was a slam dunk, so we didn't hear from them until pick 66. They take Antonio Gibson. And we had them with a tight end, first one off the board. But Cole Komet went to the Bears. I think the Redskins still address there. Antonio Gibson, a little bit high, but uh, another jackknife-type player. you got to like the instant offense that he kind of brings to your, your squad, especially with a team that's been struggling finding people uh, to put at the wide receiver position. So we move to the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, what's the fallout after Jordan Love? Well, lo and behold, they spend round two and round three getting a pair of offensive skill positions for Aaron Rodgers. A.J. Dillon at 62, the running back out of Boston College. Thought that was a little high, but again, one-two punch. Compliment to Aaron Jones. And you still have Jamal Williams in the fold, which again, Jamal Williams isn't going to scare anyone, but he's kind of in between those two guys. So I, I think it's a pretty good fit especially if you can make Dylan kind of a fullback type and maybe have some two running back sets there. I kind of like that. Josiah DeGara, 94 from Cincinnati. Thought it was a little bit early for him, but again, he's an H-back type. You can do that same two-back setup and maybe throw Josiah back there. So I wanted Green Bay to kind of draft more of a traditional tight end, and I think they may still go there. Maybe someone is a little bit bigger that's more of an offensive tackle that can give you some receptions, like a Stephen Sullivan maybe out of LSU. But, you know, that, that's not a bad pick overall. Can't can't fault the area where they were going there. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. 
Uh, Minnesota thus far, I mean, they did have two picks in on day one. Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, not the greatest corner, but again, kind of that nickel cornerback. They get Ezra Cleveland at 58. We were all amazed at those baby photos, how big he was as a preemie. Um, it's interesting, though, that we're hearing that because they were able to get Ezra Cleveland, the deal for Trent Williams might be off the table. Apparently, for a few weeks, Washington and Minnesota have had a dialogue about the Vikings acquiring Trent Williams. But then they get Cameron Dantzler at 89, one of my favorite corners. I, I don't know why. He's first-round talent. I do not know. I, I thought that he'd be perfect at, at the end of the first round, a team like San Francisco. He just showed well. I mean, there's been some lapses, consistency. But big games, you're in the SEC. He played about as well as could be asked about those big-time receivers in the SEC. He was not getting burned. He showed well. Cornerback in the SEC put them against all those big-time receivers. The one who performed the best overall, without a doubt, was Cameron Dantzler. So, you know he's got big-time potential. Chicago Bears. Cole Komet. Um, a little bit early. 43 overall, actually. But it's a, it's an area of need. Even though they have 10 tight ends on the, on the roster right now, do they have a true starter? Jalen Johnson at 50. Great pick. We had him between 40 and 44 between the Texans. And then he wound up at 44 in the last mock yesterday. That's good value. Jalen Johnson's a corner with safety-like physicality. He's going to be hard to jam off the line of scrimmage. So good luck trying to do a bump and run on Jalen Johnson, uh, a.k.a. it's not going to work. Detroit Lions, uh, DeAndre Swift, the fact that they were addressing the running back spot so early, I think that says, hey, we need to win now. And if you draft DeAndre Swift, do you get his dad? Because my Lord, is that man jacked? Can we put him in the middle as like a two-technique defensive tackle? That goes to Mike Akins. He said that. Great, great call. Julian Aquara, his brother's already on the squad. Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. Again, good picks here. Home runs, no. Solid, yeah. I mean, this is a, yeah, pretty good draft. I'm not going to say they absolutely slayed it, but they could have done a lot worse. Not bad for the Lions. Not bad at all. Two more divisions to get to. New Orleans Saints. All right, New Orleans did not have a lot of picks coming in. Cesar Ruiz, we were just surprised at the area. Then Zach Bound thought that he was going to go higher. We actually had him as the first pick off the board. Uh, we, we missed on that T. Higgins kind of uh, kumbaya moment that he's been having with uh, Joe Burrow. We thought that that would be a, a good area for Cincinnati to make a splash. Adam Troutman at 105. Boy, that's that's good value, too. So, um, overall, for not having a lot of picks, New Orleans has done, I'd say, a better-than-average job. I'm not going to jump up and down and do cartwheels, but they could have been doing, again, a lot worse. No real head-scratchers here. The Falcons had the head-scratcher on day one. I thought that was very, very early for A.J. Terrell. Marlon Davidson, we had him at 37 going to the Patriots. We knew he was in high demand. Matt Hennessy, center out of Temple. A lot of teams were looking at him. They took, uh, in, in Davidson, they took the player off the board, I think, but both times, I'll say. They took these players off the board before teams were about to pounce. 
So they got pretty good value. They knew the players that they drafted were about to be in high demand. So for that, we say kudos to the uh, Falcon scouting department. They knew kind of what was going on there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antoine Winfield at 45. That's just an absolute steal. I mean, we, we had Jeremy Chin here, and Jeremy Chin went at the end of the of round two. They're doing a good job at t- and then and then Kayshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, who kind of like Cam Akers ran behind an offensive line that was absolute poo. So good, and the fact that Tampa is checking all the boxes, they're going exactly where they need to go. It's not value. It's we need a player here. We need a player here. But every time, it seems to be a player that's near the top of the of the charts. I think Vaughn's a little bit high. But at the same time, they need a running back. Not going to get uh, angry about that pick whatsoever. So we have one more team to cover. I'm thinking, ah, Carolina Panthers. That's it. Had to think about that for a second. And then we get on to the NFC West and wrap this up. Yator Grossmatos, score one for the mock. That's exactly where we had him. And there's the aforementioned Jeremy Chin. So you look at those first three picks. Defensive tackle, edge rusher, safety. We were wondering what this draft was going to be like. You lost your leader in Luke Keekley on the defense. You lost your leader on offense in Cam Newton. You have a new coaching staff. What is the identity going to be? I think Matt Rule has really set a vision as to what that identity is, and it's hard-nosed football. Three, I mean, I don't consider Gross Matos at number 38 to be an exceptional physical player. But he plays the run very, very well. He's not just an edge rusher. He makes maybe even more impactful plays stuffing runners in the backfield for loss. And you take some physical players and Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin, he has set the tone. He's like, we're not going to be pushed around. They may not be as competitive as some of the other teams in that division, but they're not a team to take lightly, and you're not going to go on the field and push them around. So like like the message that has been sent so far. Let's say that. So he moves to the West. You have the Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons. You, you can't say enough about that pick at eight. So we said what they really ignored was kind of that tackle. And they get him in Josh Jones, who slides all the way to 72. To me, that was one of the more puzzling head scratchers. I don't know why he fell so far. S- still don't know why that happened. I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit perplexed, but boy, tremendous value. Both picks for the Cardinals have been players they got a lot lower than what they, and not that Isaiah Simmons at eight, he can't get really low, but we had him ranked as the second best player in this whole draft behind Chase Young. So getting him at number two, it's hard to find a team that's gotten more value out of their picks than the Cardinals. Uh, You go to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Kinlaw and Ayuk, they hit it out of the park in round uh, day one. They're not going to pick again until round five. They have picks in round five, six, and seven. So it's a long time before we hear from the Niners, but they have made the splash thus far that they've needed to make. They, they've announced we're here, doing a pretty good job. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, we have the Seahawks and the Rams to go through. Uh, let's do a quick look at time. 27-49, we're, we're under the gun right now. Jordan Brooks, we love that there. 
Daryl Taylor at 48, a little bit surprised he went that high, but he was rising up some boards. Damian Lewis, guard from LSU. Both these players are good. Are they great? No. There's potential there. I, I think they're both coachable. Jordan Brooks absolutely loved that. So, again, this is kind of like Carolina. They're taking some very physical players. So, But uh, that's kind of been Seattle's MO. They're kind of keeping with the times there. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking some very good picks. So last but not least, the Los Angeles Rams, who, of course, cap casualties have kind of put them in a bind. What are they going to do? So the Rams did not have a first-day pick. They had to wait till day two. Cam Akers, great pick at 45. I'm, I'm sorry, at 52. We had him at 45 going to the Buccaneers, and I've been outspoken saying if he ran behind a line like Swift, Taylor, Hilaire, the top picks, to me, he was a top 20 pick overall. He would have been the first running back off the board. Kudos, Cam Akers. Van Jefferson, another good lineage player. Dad Sean was a, a player for a long time. You get Terrell Lewis and Terrell Burgess. Eh, not, not crazy about the Burgess pick. Uh, they're addressing areas all over the football field, and overall, it's pretty good. All right, so got 40 seconds before this closes up. But do you have to say that, it, again, the NFL knocking it out of the park. We expect another great day. We're going to have another uh, episode where we're going to kind of tie everything up and let you know how these teams did on the third the third day. Maybe give those unnecessary grades like we always see. Everyone does it. Why not? Um, but this is DJ Boyer. Have a great, great time viewing today. And it should be another gem. Stay safe, everyone.